1: Welcome everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about adjustment disorder today, and it's about calming the storm. And it's really important to understand adjustment disorder is different for every person because making a major change in life, actually having to, to uh, go on faith that all the decisions you're making are good, that can be very hard. Things like moving, things like changing uh, schools, things like changing jobs. All kinds of things can be a very big stressor in life. And so what we have to do is be able to understand that adjusting is going to be uh, stressful. And when we know we have to adjust to something in life, we need to also um, prepare ourselves in a way, spiritually and personally and, and professionally, to make that change and have an attitude towards change that is good. A lot of things in life around adjusting have to do with your attitude and if you have a good attitude towards adjustment and you don't have high expectations you have hopes you have preferences but you don't have expectations what happens is you will adapt a lot better because there's a lot less emotionality involved in it and another thing about adjusting especially when you have family is watching your family adjust and each person is going to go differently about adjusting You know, if they're teenagers, they're going to have a really hard time because they may have to have left a school where they had all their friends and now they have to rebuild that. That could be a very traumatic event for many, many people. And so what we're going to do is just kind of go into what is this thing, this adjustment disorder? Well, basically what it is, is uh, a sometimes expected, most of the time unexpected event. And it has a very excessive negative effect. And so the adjustment disorder is marked by anxiety, reckless behavior. uh, But the biggest thing is people have trouble getting over it. And the thing is, the more we try to control things in life, the more psychotic we become. And so, you know, with adjustment disorder, it's abnormal. It's excessive reaction to a life stressor. And so the reaction is more severe than would normally be expected and it can result in in a very significant impairment socially, occupationally, academically. Um, Symptoms arise. But they have to be within a three-month onset for it to take place after the stressor. So once the stressor's taking place and then there's three months after and the person's still having trouble adjusting, uh, that's called an adjustment disorder. Now, the other thing about an adjustment disorder, just looking at it from a, a diagnostic perspective, it can't last more than six months because after six months, it becomes something else, oftentimes anxiety or depression. So, what it's uh, oftentimes referred to adjustment disorder is situational depression. And so, the typical symptoms, very similar to that of depression, is once again a depressed mood, impaired, occupational and social functioning, a lot of agitation, trembling, twitching, not all of these take place, but some of them do, a lot of physical complaints like general aches and pains, stomach ache, headache, chest pain, palpitations. Usually, it also comes down to conduct disturbances. Many people are truant, or they vandalize, or they're reckless driving, or they're fighting a lot, are arguing, they're irritable, and uh, sometimes they're withdrawn. Sometimes they don't want to even step out uh, because they just don't like the choices they're having to make. But these symptoms, as you can see, they're very wide and, but uh, th- they also are often very strong. And so and, and th- the diagnosis, by the way, of an adjustment disorder, uh, it, it depends on this. The reaction has to follow a life stressor. So once again, within three months of the stressful onset and then it can't go longer than six months. They're, they're not explained by any other diagnosis. The symptoms are, are, uh, are not bereavement. It's not somebody had died. And so that's basically what we're talking about. It's an acute uh, depression. So what causes it? Well, in adults, adjustment disorder, situational depression, is is usually a result of stressors related to marriage discord, finances, or work. And in kids, common stressors include school problems, parent or family marital problems, and issues around sexuality. There's other type of stressors that that, that uh, include the death of a loved one, life changes, unexpected catastrophes, medical conditions such as cancer or subsequent treatments, and and then there's other things that, that influence this, and that usually includes economic conditions, availability of social support, occupational recreational opportunities, and, and so there's a lot of susceptibility to stress. And it's major stress, and, and it, it really affects people's social skills, their intelligence, their genetics, their, 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 uh, their coping strategies. All of this is overwhelming. And the biggest thing is people, knowing they're having to adjust, usually uh, may not have a support system or don't like to reach out to the support system, but it's not a bad idea to get some therapy. At least somebody you can talk to to empty yourself or, or you know, talk to your minister, talk to your pastor. Uh, priest, whatever, but it's a good idea to do that. Now, what does it look like adjustment in children? Now, in children, it's it's usually a very unhealthy uh, behavioral reaction and an emotional reaction to a stressful event or change, and and so what happens is with kids, it's usually events like a family move, uh, parents' divorce or separation, death of a, of a pet, a new brother or sister sudden sickness uh, or a long-lasting illness and so adjustment disorders are basically just like adults and a reaction to stress and there's not any direct cause but children and teens differ in their personalities and their past experience and their vulnerability and in their coping skills so where there are development and ability to deal with stressors may pay a part in how they deal with it but it's also having to do with how sudden was it? Was it expected? Was it unexpected? And so kids have a hard time because they don't have a choice. When changes happen in their life, especially to their parents, they have to deal with it. And learning to help them how to deal with it when you're having a hard time yourself dealing with it can be very, very hard on everybody. So... Um, you know, some of the the, the there's called subtypes, uh, you know, each child varies, but usually it's a depressed mood when children or it's with anxiety or it's with both anxiety and a, uh, a depressed mood. And usually there's some kind of disturbance in conduct, uh, maybe even just uh, oppositional defiance. Uh, But usually it's a conduct thing uh, where rules and norms, they, they don't like the fact that they've been subjected to new rules and new norms. And so they rebel against it because they want what they used to have. And so this can be very, very hard on children and parents that don't take care of this and don't don't make sure that the adjustments are good. Uh, and helpful and that, that they help their children through it are going to have a hard time. But once again, when people are in pain, when people are adjusting themselves as adults, it's very, and they're having trouble, it's going to be even harder on the kids because they're watching their parents struggle. And they can feel it. And they know when things aren't the way they need to be. And so, you know, there's things you could do to help a child. You, you can, um, you know, keep all appointments with a child's health care provider that's number one. And you also want to talk to a health care provider about the, the, a doctor, about other doctors who will be involved in your kid's care. And so, you know, your kid may get care from a team that include counselors, therapists, social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists. You know, your, your child's care team will depend on your kid's needs and how serious the adjustment is. The other thing is finding activities for kids is where they can meet other kids, not necessarily about a sport or anything like that, but. It needs to be something where they can mesh together with other kids because if they can get that social support, it's a lot easier to adapt for kids. You also uh, want to tell other people about your kid having trouble adjusting, and work with work, work with those people because they will want to help you also. And and looking out for local community services, you know, being in touch with other parents who have a child who had a hard time to, uh, adjusting, that can be very helpful for you to help coach you on how to help your kid. You know. But the healthcare provider is very important for anybody going under stress. When you're doing an adjustment, when you're dealing with an adjustment, staying in tune with your doctor and with your body, big deal, huge deal, because stress will kill you. And there's a lot of things that will get activated if that stress level gets too high. And so what we want, our immunities go down, number one, but also if we have latent uh, uh diseases like cancer or heart disease, the, those have a high probability of coming forward sometime during or after an adjustment disorder because that, that event is so stressful. You know, the biggest deal is is making sure that you are home wherever you are and that you learn how to accept where you are and where you're at. And it doesn't mean it's going to be where you're going to be. It just means this is where you are at right now. And so the meaning of your life and everything you have to do has to do with where you're at. And when you fight that to try to get back to something that you used to have, whatever you used to have won't be the same. And so it's important for people to understand that adjusting is a huge part of life. And if you let it take your joy, if you let it take your your ability to enjoy your life and, and to be there for your kids and be there for your partner, be there for your friends, that is a sad thing. And uh, it lets the event dictate your life, and that means that you're going to take less chances and do a poorer job adapting because you're going to use the same adaptive skills that you used during the adjustment where it went wrong the next time you have to do an adjustment. And so, it's very, very, very important to discuss this topic because all of us, all of us have to do adjustment in life. The other thing is to understand that with an adjustment disorder, there's usually… A uh, dual diagnosis. Now, what is that? Well, a dual diagnosis is be uh, depression, anxiety, uh, uh, you know, uh, bipolarness, uh, uh, schizophrenic behavior, Wh- whatever it is. It's going to be a conduct disorder. There's going to be other things that come along with the coping of adjustment. So, so adjustment is not just adjustment. Uh, adjustment is is just The fact that there's a life event and we're having to deal with it and we don't necessarily like it. So, you know, life is always changing and it's natural for us to go through an adjustment period following any kind of stressful event. So people are experiencing significant change in their work, in their personal life, their education. They really need time to make an adjustment in a good way that works for them. However, if a person is not able to cope with the situation, the problem will start interfering with all areas of their life, causing increased stress, a feeling of hopelessness and illness when the adjustment takes place. And so it's important to make the distinction between normal coping process and an adjustment disorder, which only happens if the reaction to something is more than what would be expected for that particular event so no abnormal situation is easy to cope with and so is it's especially difficult for someone to cope with symptoms that make practically impossible and for those who are struggling with an adjustment disorder there is good news about the conditions treatment options you know first of all we have to recognize the underlying cause of a disorder often helps when finding a solution that will work so an adjustment disorders usually improve with the right kind of treatment and with the right kind of attitude. And so that is what is the big, big, big deal. And for and adjustment disorders also will become possible to move past whatever stress we have if we don't allow it to spiral downward. Now, the fact is, is that everybody has adjustment disorders in their life and a time when they've had to adapt. And so what's important is you have something to talk about with other people. Even if you don't know them, you have an ability to have a topic that all of us can identify with and all of us can offer input as to how to make things better. Everybody can identify with unexpected stressors. So, what do cause these things? Well, tragedy, tragedy like the loss of a friend or a loved one, illness, onset of illness of a friend, a loved one, an acquaintance, ourself. Another big one is relocation, you know, a move to another city or a state, starting a new job or or a new school. That can be very stressful because you have no support system whatsoever and you're going to have to build it. Good idea. Go and seek it where people are. If you have children, go to places where children go. Meet people, you know, and, and do, do meetups at the park or whatever where you can get together and let your kids play. Then uh, also, you know, go to church. You know, if, if the spiritual part of us needs to be nurtured. When we go through hard times, that's when uh, we really can discover God because God helps us in those situations. Having faith, having joy, being able to laugh. Those are all wonderful things that we have to reinvent and rediscover within ourselves as a potential of what could happen down the road. Also, you know, economic struggles can be very anxious, especially if you're living paycheck to paycheck, uh, if your job is insecure, if you're working for a bad boss, if you're working for an insecure, you know, weird company that's wobbling. That can be very, very tough. Also, uh, catastrophes. Like, uh, you know, a flood or something like that or or something happens to your home or something happens to your car, something happens to your children, something happens, you know, to, to your life in general. You know, these things can be extremely difficult. Loss of a business, that can be huge, huge, huge. And then there's also general changes that trigger an adjustment. You know, any kind of aspect of a person's life, it could be the loss of a best friend where something happened where you argue and and you now lost your best friend. It could be divorced. Uh, You know, God forbid, that's a horrible place to to be. But, you know, problems with relationship like a divorce, marriage problems, strained situation with family members, damaged friendship, estrangement from your parents, all of these things can become very hard to deal with. So, you know, young adults and teenagers, they also experience it. Usually uh, conflict comes forward. Usually it's school. If they lose their best friends, that can be the most traumatic thing to them because that's something that they had developed on their own. And they're quite proud of it. It's not something they sought their parents' permission. It's something that they went out and did and they formed that best friend and now they lose them because of an argument or stubbornness or whatever. So these all things, if we really look at them all adjustments, it's it's a matter of attitude and it's a matter of finding our way through it and learning from these experiences. All right, we're going to take a break and then we're coming right back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica.
0: Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area.
3: Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about adjustment disorder and, uh, you know, calming that storm in our life. You know, an adjustment disorder, once again... It, 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 after an event like a move or some other traumatic event some, you know any change in your life both changing of jobs changing of home changing of city say, changing of where you live changing of schools any of these type of things it, it, three months to six months after is what the adjustment disorder is it usually wanes after about six months and you become a little bit more normalized and you, d- you do what's called assimilation where you assimilate into your new situation some people uh, will form a deep depression because adjustment disorder, once again, is is basically called a situational depression. So once again, uh, what basically will take place is a lot of the symptoms of depression will become highlighted and come out in our life during that adjustment period. And so uh, these symptoms is like impulse behavior, defiance, acting out, uh, feelings of sadness or hopeless or crying or withdrawal, nervousness, tension. Uh, physical ailments, uh, twitching, shivering, trembling, muscle movements, trouble sleeping, all of these things that come along with depression and anxiety come out big time in an adjustment disorder and it's uh you know if we treat it if you're able to at least treat it and get somebody that's worked with it before and is familiar with it like a therapist um or a psychologist somebody who's who's clinical driven who can help you they can help you through the adjustment period because a lot of it is normal it's normal human uh and adjustments really are dependent on our ability to cope and that's what therapy does it teaches you how to cope better and adapt better to the situations that you're in and, and um, you know sometimes they require medication uh, depending on how deep the depression goes usually if a person requires medication they probably had a predisposition to anxiety or depression or both so let's say you move to uh, new surroundings and you're in a stage of life where you didn't expect that. And so, you know, if you look at this, the best way to do uh, is to figure out, how to uh adapt to a new setting you have to look at cultural expectations social norms and then you also want to stay true to yourself and not fully assimilate into the place that you're at you know they may have a a city by majority or a state may have different values than you actually have that doesn't mean there aren't going to be people that have similar values to what you are that means you need to find it and dig a little deeper. But also, you need to under begin to understand other people's perspectives in a culture because different people have different reasoning for the way they behave, and it all has to do with with their, their environment, their history, and all that good stuff. So, so you want to learn as much as you can about your new environment. And if you're starting a new job, study the website. Of that new job and any published materials like annual reports, brochures that you can find and learn the names of the leadership in, the, in that uh, new job. The executives, the board members, the, the stakeholders, and if you familiarize yourself with the values and the language of the organization, you're going to have a much better time adapting to that new structure. The other thing is deciding on what qualities you want to be known for, you know, because you're basically, in many ways, starting all over again in a portion of your life. And so you may want to be known for being upbeat or hardworking or a go-getter, or you might prefer to be known for being calm, considerate, detail-oriented. You know, this is a basic uh, rule of personal branding. You are reinventing yourself, which may be is a really good thing in the end, because having a chance to reinvent yourself and to be able to reestablish your values and reset your life, reset your spirituality, reset a whole lot of things can be a great benefit to you if you can look forward to it. The other thing when you're adjusting to something is be polite, be polite to everybody. You know, the, the person you push past may turn out to be the person who sits next to you. You know, the receptionist you ignore may now someday be your boss. So courtesy, you know, will pay you back in big, big rewards. And that means at home and abroad and at work. And on the first day, if you're going to get to a new location, if you're going to work, if no one invites you to lunch, ask someone for tips to where to eat. And just as you feel uncomfortable with your new colleagues, they may feel uncertain about you or they may have forgotten what it feels like to be the new person. So a little reminder that you don't know your way around can elicit warmth and support. You know, maybe you'll have a friend for lunch. The other thing is when you're adapting, especially in a new location, you want to listen for opportunities to connect. And then you want to share information about yourself. You know, football comes up and you have season tickets. Let people know. If the water cooler uh, topic is baking cookies, make a mean chocolate chip cookie and maybe something good will happen. Share it. You know, don't wait to, to be asked uh, about yourself. It's your job to establish rapport. And if we take on the idea that nobody wants to talk to me, poor me, poor me, that's your fault. You have to take the initiative uh, to, to break into a new culture. And, and during the, you know, first period of that, don't take anything personal Uh, Most of us are on the lookout for personal slights and offenses 24 by 7 and instead give people the benefit of the doubt. They don't know you well enough to dislike you and they're probably way too busy with their own lives to think about you much anyway. And so we all think we're so important. But what you realize when you're in a new location, you're not that important. As a matter of fact, you're in a a kind of in a one down position. So you've got to learn to respect the people around you and, and help them help you. You know, if someone makes a remark that you find too too insensitive to ignore, speak up, that's fine, but open the lines of communication with the, uh, the individual to express your concern for them. And, and remember if you you know, you've probably made one or two insensitive remarks on your own, so you know, keep your cool, remember that it's always wise to give others the benefit of the doubt. And so that helps you adapt to a new place. You know, the other thing is we don't realize how we come across. And, and uh, if we are too loud or talk too fast, we are not mirroring the people around us. And when you're in a new culture, it's very important to take on... The tone of that culture, if you want to adapt to it, doesn't mean you have to like it. But if you want them to join you, you got to join them first. And so the deal is, is you got to kind of look at the tone of your environment and match that at first. If we want to be accepted in that environment, we don't want to be a high energy person coming in and frantically stirring up everything. What we want to do is be somebody that adapts and then brings them to our energy. That's a lot better way to go. You know, if, if it's a loud, uh, boisterous environment, you know, setting, uh, sitting and being quiet can easily set your yourself apart. But, you know, if it tends to be more subdued, a loud voice may grate on people's nerves. So, study how the people best respond to others who speak the same volume. And vocal volume is something you can control and your energy is something you can control. So, it's very important to, you know, pay attention. Pay attention to it. The you know, the biggest thing is, is if 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 transition involves moving to a new city or a state or a country, go out and explore. That's huge. That's huge. Uh, The more you know your way around, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And people that lock themselves away in their home. And, and make themselves too busy to explore their new environment are not going to appreciate all the beauty and wonder that it may offer them. You know, it, you just have to understand that all transitions can be stressful. So make sure you take care of yourself. You get plenty of rest, you eat well, you exercise. You know, don't, don't, you don't want to crash in the middle of the day. Uh, you want to be alert and refreshed and, and ready to go. And so taking care of yourself is big. Another big adjustment is college. Now, this is where people get all screwed up when they go to college. They, they don't go to class. You know, it may sound like a no-brainer, but there are plenty of students that try skipping lectures uh, and, and skipping important uh, stuff when they get first get to school. So you shouldn't do this. It, it's an ideal time to meet new people and get a handle on college coursework. Get your schedule. Not to mention you're paying uh, for a lot for these classes. So don't let them pass you by. But for some reason, kids get overwhelmed just by the move, and they don't really get involved in their school the way they need to, and they end up falling out of school. In the first quarter or the second quarter, or, uh, it may not be quarter, uh, semester. And, and also, um, it's very important when you're adapting to new colleges to become comfortable with your mistakes. You know, uh, innovation comes from failure. So if we're going to fail, you know, we we're going to learn. And if you look at those mistakes, because they happen to everybody. Forgive yourself and help yourself become stronger by learning from the mistake. So if you failed a course that you paid a ton of money on, parents are disappointed, everybody's disappointed, you're disappointed, pick yourself back up and become resilient because that's a life lesson. Get back in there and try to get that course back again and redo it. Go in there and get it done. But a lot of kids don't know what they want with college. And they spend their first two years doing general education. And they don't really uh, adapt to that learning because they don't feel like they're going anywhere. So they feel like uh, it's time to just play because all I'm doing is learning stuff I learned in high school in the first two years. And I'm not really headed towards what I want to do with my career, what I want to do with my life. That gets into the last two years of, of a bachelor's degree. And so a lot of kids uh, don't know who they are, where they want to be or what they want to do. And when you the earlier you discover your passion, what you really want to be in life, the better off you're going to be because and even you have to understand if you make a choice to go for business, let's say. We'll go for business, but that doesn't mean you're going to end up in business. What it means is you're going to learn how to run a business, and maybe at some point if you get a job, you'll be better prepared to run a business or to work for other people and make a profit. Uh, you know, the, the skill itself is not necessarily going to give you an outcome. It's going to give you a door to new opportunities. And so all of the things you learn in your first two years are applied learning to a greater uh, uh, platform to build you underneath you so you have a foundation so you can go on and do great things. You also, uh, you know, remember there's huge, uh, you, you got to learn how to study and studying is not cramming at the last minute, but studying is taking and on habits that help you, and, and the best learning you can possibly do is written learn or reading learning because that reading learning uh, you're not going to get in the lectures. And usually, a person that's serious about their education is not just going to learn from the professor; they're actually going to learn from the book and if you can learn from the book I can promise you you you'll get much more information than you will from any professor or doctor out there but the other thing is social get to know your roommates get to know your friends you know put yourself out there you know uh, and, and be your own person but don't be a person that is false somebody that you want everybody to accept be who you are This, you know, your personality is forged in college by the choices you make. So think carefully about your decisions and how they'll shape you during those years. But the other thing that a lot of kids get lost in is not having a budget. You have to follow a budget. And if you let this get out of hand, um, then you uh, will lose in the end because you will be starving, (laughs) number one. And you'll always be asking and you'll always be insecure because you're not following a budget and having a foundation underneath you. And then, you know, uh, planning your trips early. When am I going to go home? When am I not? So you, you can plan for that and also look forward to it. And then setting new goals. You know, the, the start of a, a freshman year in college is like New Year's Day. It's time to make resolutions and stick to them. And so what you do in college, the commitments you make to yourself, say everything about who you are. All right, other sudden changes is divorce. You know, it's not easy for parents or kids, but everyone in the family feels a lot of loss and anxiety. And so the family, as they know it, is no longer going to be the same. And in order for the parents to be the best help to their kids, they need to work with their own emotions, especially guilt and shame they feel about what they've done to their kids and also the guilt that they lay on their kids if they don't adapt well. You know, it's helpful for parents to recognize that coupling is one of the hardest things to do in the world as a result of divorce, you know, uh, over 64% of all marriages end in divorce and the actually that statistic is getting higher, but it's, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but in many cases it is better for everyone involved to sever the relationship that is causing a lot of grief because you may have a lot of arguments, you may have people that aren't adaptive, but here's the truth. You can be married to anyone if you just don't try to control them. And so the deal is you have to respect your partner, you know, and and people just find each other unacceptable and they they figure out that they have to get a divorce. But if you're going to argue all the time, if you're going to create a negative life, a negative atmosphere, always being insecure, if you're going to be an abuser or whatever, you're not cut out for marriage. And so maybe it's better for everybody for that not to uh, go on. So, you know, it's it's. You have to look at it from, from a, a mature perspective because marriage is one of the most mature decisions that you have to make and you have to stick with it because it's a process. You're not going to get outcomes. It's all process. And so that's the big deal. And people want outcomes so they end up divorcing. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the stress of divorce, but we're also going to go into uh, job loss and sudden change, all that good stuff. Come back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching Or 951-818-7856.
3: We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about. But these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief... Host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment We're making it easier to listen to the Voice
2: America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others.
0: Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're talking about adjustment disorder or situational depression, basically. Um, We're talking about divorce. And the biggest thing is don't put your kids in between you and your partner. If you can't stand each other, you know, you have to remember you bred with each other. You created these kids. It's your deal. It's your fault. Take responsibility and don't damage the kids. They don't need to hear uh, mommy and daddy talking bad about each other. They heard enough of that prior to uh, them getting divorced but the biggest deal is is to get behind your kids and expect them to, to feel sad and angry and let them express those feelings and talk to you about how sad or angry they are and, and encourage them to have an open dialogue with you instead of becoming defensive every time you hear your former partner's name. You know, the biggest deal is reassurance um that, that, that the whole thing's not their fault and, and that you know kids tend to be very egocentric and they believe their behavior or thoughts cause bad events and say so they need to know that as adults we've made decisions based on our relationship with each other that it has nothing to do with the kids um, you know you want to give them ample advance notice about if before a parent moves out just just don't just willy nilly have something like that happen, you know. It works really well with the children are able to visit the second home and know where they're going to sleep. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, to involve them in helping furnish uh, the new place or bring out some other things. Or if they're in their old home, is to readapt to the other parent not being there and reinvent the space so that they can make it home for themselves. And so it's important that this, this, a lot of adjustment doesn't have to be traumatic if people can be a little bit more logical and less emotional about it. You know, if you're going to lose your job or you're going to have a sudden change, the first thing is don't panic. You know, if you hear the words you're fired or we have to lay you off, stay calm. Don't freak out. Prevent your emotions from getting the best of you. The calmer you stay, the faster you're going to get past a crisis. And the biggest thing is don't do anything rash or stupid. You know, it might be satisfying to lash out, but don't do it. You need to protect your reputation at that point more than ever. And if they offer you a severance agreement immediately, take time to look over, uh, you know, with, with that and run it by maybe a lawyer. You know, it might be able to be negotiated as a higher payment as a severance, but don't just jump all over it. You know, it's important not to be making big decisions when you're in a time of change. And so, you know, uh, the other thing is if you're fired, you know, negotiate how your departure is going to be described. It, you you need to have an input in that. It's very important because that's, once again, your your reputation. So look over your finances if a sudden change happens like that because it's an economic loss. Go to the doctor because you need to take care of yourself, especially if you're going to lose your insurance at the end of the month. and And you want to be objective. Try to see, you know, uh, see it from the outside. Do you understand why you were let go? What lessons can you learn uh, when you get your next job? And you have to remember also if you lost your job or if you're laid off, you know, remember you're not alone. Lots of people are fired or move on to success and you will get it past it too. You have to have faith that good things are happening and there's a reason for everything in this world. And that we will have to learn from it and we will adapt. And if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, you will help yourself because there is a reason for everything. Cause there may be something greater for you down the road. If you want it to be, you know, um, when you're coping with grief and loss, the biggest thing is a lot of people don't talk about it, but you need to express yourself. Talking is often a good way to soothe painful emotions, and it's huge to allow yourself to feel sad. You know, it's a healthy party of grieving, So, so keep your routine up, sleep, eat healthy, avoid things that numb the pain, such as alcohol, and go to counseling if it feels right for you. That's a huge, huge, huge thing in life. Okay, now we're going to talk about adapting and adjusting to marriage. You know, uh, m- this really number one is very important for people to understand prior to getting married that what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine after we tie the knot. And that's that's uh, not always how it is. But money is huge, that's how we survive. And so negotiating how we deal with money, having the same checking and savings accounts works for many couples or learning to agree on finances, such as a simple budget or getting on the same page about your finances is huge. And this can be in a marriage. If you've never been married, it can be a big adjustment for a lot of people. And so key is communication about money and and each having a say about the money. And it's both of your money. Even if there's one income, it's still both of your money. And, And so a lot of people have to understand that that's a discussion that they need to have. So adjusting to marriage won't be so traumatic. The other thing is having good communication. You know, we all communicate differently. We know this. We hear about it all the time. But, you know, being married is is experiencing this entirely different. There's so many of our arguments in the first year of marriage is due to a misunderstanding. And that's because we don't understand each other's language. And even if you speak the same language, you know, it, it's important that you know that you use different words and you both have a different set of, of uh, way you look at emotions and the way you express emotions. And some people are good with words. Some people aren't. And so we have to learn each other's language. And that takes time. Uh, it's very presumptive to think that when you first get married, you're just going to clink it all together and everything's going to go perfect. Usually the first year, or two, even five can be very difficult. And, and even after that, if there's other uh, lots of adjustments, the marriage can stay unstable because there's so many changes taking place all the time. The... the, the um. The, the other thing is, is to learn to, uh, to realize how selfish we are. And we have to get a grip on that before we get married. Because if you're going to be selfish um, and only be thinking about yourself, you're going to box your partner out. You know, we, we have to think about what we want for dinner, what we want to live our life, what we would like to do, what t- makes us feel peaceful, not what I want to do. And so, you know, if you put each other's needs first, it's going to be a win-win situation, and you've got to make room for both of you to have that win-win situation. It's important in marriage that there is a unity, that you both feel you're on the same team, and when you win, you win together, and when you lose, you lose together. So, you know, give your spouse the benefit of the doubt and believe they have their best, inter- your best interest in mind, you know, unless there's abuse, but uh, that's a huge thing. When you get married, if you want it to go well, you have to unify. You have to accept the fact that now you're living your life in a complementary way with each other. And you want to learn how to fight fair. So and, and that's a big deal. And so a lot of people disagree in an unhealthy way, but uh, they name call, they say things they don't mean. Um, they disagree, they disrespect. And that starts a slippery slope that just continues on and builds into something horrible. And so we want to learn how to disagree respectfully. And that means if you want to maintain marriage, that we're not aggressive, but we're assertive. And assertive just means I'm going to speak to my emotions and I'm not going to demonstrate them. I'm going to say, hey, you're making me feel sad. You're making me feel frustrated. You don't have to express frustrated as frustration. You don't have to express anger as anger. Just say it. Don't, you don't have to, to blow it out. And that is called an adult. The biggest thing is trust and honesty. If you want to be married, every argument you're going to ever have is going to be a trust issue. And so if you want to mess with trust and create, uh, you know, have opposite sex friends and and do stupid things and, and, you know, uh, uh, put yourself in situations that are not good. Uh, you're gonna have a really hard time with trust and that means your marriage is never gonna stabilize you know so the biggest deal is people don't realize in marriage you always work on trust you can't work on love you have to work on trust and if you don't value trust and honesty uh, then you don't value marriage and so people that don't that are dishonest people that are untrusting uh, are gonna have a real struggle with keeping that relationship together and so you know Trust is important. You know, if you don't have anything to hide, you don't have any reason to feel anxious or depressed or upset. So, you know, having a good open dialogue requires trust and honesty. And also having good boundaries with in-laws and family and friends because sometimes people don't set boundaries properly. They'll spend too much time with their family. They'll let their mom and dad influence what they think after they've negotiated with their partner. Uh, They let their best friends tell them what to do after they've made a decision together. So a lot of things can get messed around if you don't have good boundaries with your friends and the time you spend. But the biggest thing is to keep it together is romance and communicating to each other that you uh, feel loved and your spouse can't read your mind. So you have to compliment each other. You've got to give each other goodness and connect every single day. And you talk about the things you enjoy and the things together and the things you want to do, because that means you're building on life. And that's huge. Making room for each other's personalities keeps a marriage together. And that means we celebrate each other's personalities. We don't try to to uh, change each other. And meals, meals can be a wonderful time uh, to adjust and to make our day together and have dialogue. And if you do it as a family thing or if you do it uh, and mesh things together, then everybody can enjoy uh, dinner and, and so, or lunch or, or breakfast or whatever it is. But doing things together can be fun. Even making a, a meal planner can be a fun thing for a couple. So the biggest deal with marriage is being able to be resilient, that maybe our partner loses their job, maybe our partner, uh, our business shuts down, maybe, maybe we have to move to a new location, whatever that is, we need to also, we need to be there in support of the change if we don't want the change to be traumatic. Um, so it's important if you're a partner and you're being uh, thrown into an adjustment that you actually accept that you have to play a positive role and a good attitude towards that adjustment so that your partner can also adapt to it too because there's nothing more stressful than having a partner is having trouble adapting and, uh, uh, and they're blaming it on you and you're the one that caused the change and so that can be a very difficult situation. So spending time together, having good communication, working together, if you want that marriage to to work and help and, and the adjustment to go well throughout the course of life, it calls for you to have these commitments that I'm talking about on all these different points. Patience, the words we use, you know, if we're going to, to, to adjust, you, you know, the big adjustments is a new marriage. You're two unique individuals with, with different personalities. You have your own way of doing things and you have different family upbringing, different beliefs, different culture, different traditions. And so it's important to accept all of that as part of marriage. And if you do that well, then what will happen is when you go through adjustment, you don't nearly have as traumatic of an experience as you would uh, otherwise. All right. That's our show. Our next show is about the unconscious mind, the human operating system. And, and now, I, this is kind of a Freudian thing, but I think it's going to be a really good show. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. drgbmft at sbcglobal.net uh, or my website, drgbmft.com. I'm currently scheduling and speaking, uh, teaching engagements, conducting intensive coaching for marriage, pre-marriage, individuals, in person or Skype. So get to me right away, uh, drgbmft.com. Now remember, guys, when you marry a woman with big boobs and long legs, your eventual outcome will likely be long boobs and big legs. (laughs) Also remember, for men who think a woman's place is in the kitchen, just remember that that's where the knives are. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: our show for this week please join dr gary bell for another edition of absurd psychology next friday at 12 noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you